When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and shows my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Bring spring color inside this season with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with bare premium plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Hope your Thanksgiving went well. Next three hours going to go by pretty quickly. Hopefully they're going to go well for you as well. We're live in the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by Geico, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. The name of the program is the Jason Martin Show. My name happens to be Jason Martin. Not taking holiday off, in fact couple days in the mornings here on Fox in for Clay Travis with Jeff Schwartz. Those were fun days. Now back in the saddle here for a Sunday morning. And boy, there are a lot of stories. And there's just a lot of head scratching and a lot of inconsistency and a lot of weird decisions and a lot of just kind of, it just feels like there's a cloud right now over the National Football League, and they're just trying to get this in before a lightning strike forces a 30-minute delay. But I don't want to talk about that first. The crew in Los Angeles, Eric Roberts, Brian Finley, Chris Perfett. I'm on Twitter at jmartradio. You can find me there. Chris, I want to talk about the Lions off the top of the show. I, I don't know if that will ever happen again. I was going to say, are you sure about this? I, I'm making a bold move. I know football was played on Saturday, and I kind of have a thought about that as well, but I want to talk about the Lions because three seasons in, what was it, 13 and 29, Chris? Is that what the record was? That's going to be his final record, yes. 13 and 29 for head co- now departed head coach Matt Patricia. Solid work right there. 
Excellent job by Patricia. Before we get into who could take the job, it's an NFL job that opens up. Second coach that gets fired, and Adam Gase is still employed for the Jets. That's fantastic. Bill O'Brien and Matt Patricia must be true jackwagons of the highest order to have been let go before Adam Gase lost his job. Think about how bad you have to be at your job for that dude to still be doing his and you're going to be sitting around watching football for the rest of the season on Red Zone like me. Patricia and O'Brien gone. Gase is still there. Gase hadn't won a game this year. The Lions had won a game. They looked terrible on Thanksgiving Day. Deshaun Watson makes a lot of people look terrible, but they looked bad. And they've looked bad for the most part in the last few years because they feel rudderless. There's a common theme amongst bad franchises in sports, and it is poor personnel decisions. It's not as much the player moves that you make, because a lot of times players can't overcome poor coaching. They can't overcome bad decision-making. They can't overcome bad time management. They can't overcome a toxicity that can exist in an organization. The doormat of the NFL, as long as I've been alive, yeah, there have been teams with worse records from year to year. It's the Lions. The Lions have been the joke. Chris Perfett, of course, is a giant Lions fan. I have other friends that are Lions fans that grew up in Michigan. And just year after year, it's just a common sort of refrain from them, just waiting for the worst to happen. And usually they are rewarded with, well, the worst happening. But how long is too long? And when you realize, okay, that's not the answer. When is it cool to cut bait? Because you can't continually turnstile head coaches. The Cleveland Browns have proven that's not probably going to be a real winning strategy for you. But if you keep making bad decisions, are you going to stick with that bad decision for a while or are you going to move it on if there's no equity created there? And by that, I mean this. Patricia was an ass. Look at how many former players buried him over the last 24 hours. Or I guess over really the last 12 hours. I mean, I I was reading an article a little bit earlier. Darius Slay annihilated him. He he lived up to his last name. Sean Robinson, Eric Ebron, Stephen Tulloch, Ziggy Ansah, just some of the names of guys that just annihilated Matt Patricia publicly as soon as he lost the job. Sean Robinson on Twitter, haha, told me you'll take my career away from me, but I guess they have other plans for you. Two laughing emojis. Ezekiel Ansa. Well, Sean Robinson, you get what you deserve. Steven Tulloch, former linebacker. The best news I've heard all year, the city of Detroit and its fans deserve so much better. Orlovsky, the, the former quarterback and now ESPN analyst, he just kind of named a possible replacement, and we'll get to that. And then he said, hey, it didn't work out. He wasn't too unkind there. Well, you know what? 
I said that, and then he said this. When the next head coach for the Lions gets to Detroit, he will have a lot of work to do. This time it's truth and not a lie. That, of course, in reference to how Matt Patricia started his tenure in Detroit by saying he inherited an awful football team, basically. So he created no goodwill. Because basically, he walked in and said, hey, these guys suck. He's the opposite of Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso rolls in, didn't even know anything about soccer, but was relentlessly positive no matter what, and got to know who he had, figured out who was decent, and then found ways to get to them mentally in a positive direction. Whether it was finally convincing Jamie Tart of what he needed to learn, or that Roy could be the leader, or whatever it was on that series, he made all the right moves. Matt Patricia alienated damn near everybody in that organization on the field in terms of the guys that he was coaching. If you look at some of these responses, zero respect for this guy from anybody in that locker room. So explain this to me. Why did you waste this year if you're the Lions? And it's because bad organizations are going to bad organization. Same thing with the Texans. Not only did they not fire Bill O'Brien last year like they should have, That should have been part of Deshaun Watson's extension is, yeah, I'll sign here, but get rid of that guy. Because maybe if you get rid of that guy, you don't get rid of the other guy. You know, the receiver, the one in Arizona that's the best player on that roster and the best receiver in the NFL, that guy. I'd rather get rid of Bob instead of Nook. So how long is too long when you know something's not working, especially when it feels toxic? Because Chris, I'll bring you in right now. Tell me whether or not any of this felt good. Like even before that first season even began, you could start to see this. Now you get through two years we were doing this show last year. They bring the guy back. Now he's gone. Is anybody surprised that this didn't work out in year three? No, anybody. I, I, you know what? It, it was funny because at the start of the year we did our predictions for Pride Detroit, and I almost got talked into it about that maybe this is the year they have the defense put together and they've made the right signings. But you know what? I, I've realized as I'm sitting as I sat here today, as we recorded our reaction podcast, that we're kind of in love with the idea of the system that these are all interchangeable parts. This is all stuff on a spreadsheet that the analytical came through here and that. You know, progress is always a straight upward arrow sometimes. And I think some Lions people who, I think we talked about this before, too close to the weeds for, for some of us in Detroit. And, I mean, God, like, I the, 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 the totality of all the players, I've never seen players universally gripping a guy like that yes. as soon as he leaves the building. Like, it, it was cathartic what was happening. I think that's about the best word to go for it. It's just catharsis on all these guys, even knowing that they have current employers in the NFL, seeing them talking about a former coach that that can't seem as like, you know, professional, but they don't care because it was that bad out there. And there was a Bleacher Report article out a few weeks ago that addressed the same thing where Darius Slay and, you know, the famous story with Darius Slay was he praises a wide receiver on Instagram. And the next day he's got Mm -hmm. uh, Matt Patricia yelling at him to stop sucking the guy's bleep. Mm. Like it just... And, and as Slay said, that's not cool where, where I come from 
absolutely not cool. And, you know, it, maybe it was a joke. Maybe it didn't play off. Who, who cares? E- either way, like, this is, this is the kind of stuff that just I, – I think football fans lose sight of this, is that these guys are not calculator parts. You don't just plug them in here and play, nor are they kids – on a college on a college team that needs to be told what to do and yelled at like these are these are millionaires I, i'm sorry maybe they might be spoiled i don't know if you want to go that way i don't care either way they're professionals they no, they know what they're doing they don't need this especially not from a guy who has literally nothing nothing to his name coming in here you're you're not bill belichick just cuz you were his defensive coordinator it's it's bizarre i uh, I, I didn't like the hire from the get-go for various reasons. As soon as he gets to Detroit, allegations come out from the past in Detroit news yep. about a sexual assault that he that he was indicted by a grand jury for when he was at, I believe, RPI that allegedly the, – the, I mean, it never went for because there was snafu with the case, the, you know, the the – Per, the uh, alleged victim never really wanted to go through with the trial, so mm-hmm. that that gets deep sixed. That sits around there. He's he's arrogant about it. He says that the truth will come out, and that just kind of dies in the vine. Then we go forward, and once again, it just it's more of this. This is just that was the pattern of the entire Patricia year: just defiance, defiance. Uh, yell at yell at a reporter for slouching in a press conference. Never his fault. You you saw it later on too that but he would he he tried to do it too he always constantly in his final year we almost made it a joke every press conference he would say I've got to coach better well you know what I wish I wish he would have it would have been nice I don't know when he was going to start and yeah once you once you burn those bridges it's impossible to unburn them and even if he was a nice guy like maybe he gets let down a little bit easier like Caldwell but this was. This was a hire that was made because nine and seven wasn't good enough. Because Detroit thought that when they got rid of Jim Caldwell, that they they could be better than this. They could be better than going nine and seven, getting smacked around by the Seahawks in the playoffs. That that they are better than late game screw ups, and that they can go places. And for the hubris, they have fallen very very far. It's going to be in a few years the twilight of Stafford's career. It's there's a lot of parts that need to be replaced here. Whoever's coming in next, I know you're going to talk about that eventually. It's a full on rebuild from the ground up. It's it's a rebuild the likes the Lions have not seen since 2008 and 2009, when we all knew what their records were back then. Well said. Thirteen and twenty nine. Why are you going to the mat for this guy if you're Bob Quinn? Why is this something you're sticking to? I, I don't care what, like you, you can't answer this question to where I'm going to agree with you. So I know we don't have Bob Quinn on the line, but I don't care what he has to yeah, say. Yeah, it's just it's just nepotism at that part. They were yeah. together in New England. He was he was the hire that came in, and they were always known as a package deal. And I think they kind of knew that that they were going to either win together or they're going to hang together. And uh, yeah, they're both. Well, out we saw today. how that worked. Yep. Yeah, we saw exactly how that worked. The. And uh, you see all the all the players just just destroying this guy, and you heard the what was said to Darius Slay. And Darius Slay has said, maybe he said this yesterday, but he said it over the past few weeks that he doesn't respect Matt Patricia as a human being. And the c word was used on a practice field about another star player. I saw that. I don't even know which c word we're talking about because there's multiple ones. I can tell you, if you want to lose me, you say that word. 
completely. Uh, again, there are multiple C words that are not good, but there's one that I think is about the worst word in the English language. The thing about it is, if you are that guy, like if you insult guys and tough coach guys and all this kind of stuff, first off, it doesn't play in the NFL very well. But the big thing is you don't walk in the door being a jerk. Like, you can't do that. And that's what Patricia did. He came in and was a jerk immediately. We didn't know anything about Matt Patricia being a jerk in New England because he never spoke. He was just a dude that was there on the sidelines living off of Bill Belichick with the pencil in his ear. Like, that was it. Like, we didn't have any ideas. Like, well, yeah, Matt Patricia should get a job. Based on what? Well, based on what we think. But if you're 13 and 29 at this point in time, and we've seen what they've done this year, but we saw what they did the last two years, why did this take so long? Why did a bad organization just waste another year of Matt Stafford's career when the guy is, what, 32 years old? Like, how much more of this can you take? It's not just the Lions, by the way. And I forgot, it's actually the third coach because Dan Quinn's already lost his job as well. And Matt Ryan's 35, and they just wasted another year with him. And I said at the end of last season when they said they were bringing him back, he will be fired. All you're doing is delaying the inevitable. You hear, you always hear the caveat, I don't want to call for anybody's job, but... And I've always felt that way. It's like I don't want to take somebody's money away from them. But I am paid to give analysis, right? Like, I'm supposed to look at sports franchises and say, are they being run particularly effectively? If you go and you take over Apple and you run that thing into the toilet, then you're going to be let go. There's going to be a vote of confidence. They're going to, t- they're going to take you out. They're going to try to Kendall Roy you. Like, there's no, there's no reason to continue sitting here and watching a franchise beat its head into a wall for a third season when we all knew this was going to be the inevitable result. Now, you've got to get it right, except how often has that happened? For this franchise and others that tend to do this same thing, how often have they gotten it right? And then when they do get it wrong, they end up sticking on to what's wrong way, way, way too long. So Patricia being out Thanksgiving, I guess, was the last straw. But how much did you need to see? I mean, we the, this writing was already on the wall. The fans, if you just looked at Lions Twitter on Thursday, the people that were responding... They had just had it. Rappaport was sending updates on who had tested positive for COVID on Friday from the NFL Network, and the first response in a lot of those comments was just, hey, this is not Matt Patricia was fired, so I don't care. That's how bad it got. And his own players, most of the time, you're just going to stay quiet and move on. You got Glover Quinn out here throwing double uh, peace sign emojis at a photo of Matt Patricia. Imagine being a part of that locker room and having to deal with that nonsense, and then knowing going into this year, yeah, they're bringing that dude back. Lion's going to lion. They've got an opportunity to get it right, but as Chris expertly just said, uh, it's going to be a full-time rebuild, and as Dan Orlovsky said, it's going to be a real rebuild. This time it's the truth, not a lie. Yeah, and, and one last one last note as far as the players, too. This isn't just a dysfunctional locker room where everyone's trying to head for the exits. Mm-mm. I mean, these these were guys, the reason why you're seeing this result is because the guy before Patricia, Jim Caldwell, was so very well beloved. Yeah. I, I like telling the story like, you know, I was a kid. 
I took, uh, you know, Taekwondo classes and everything. Our, the first guy we had there was kind of, you know, he, he was a loose guy, maybe not the best instructor, but he was very, very loose. You could kind of mess around. The next guy who came in, we there was a there was always like a training mat up against a wall. There'd be this one kid who was, you know, maybe not all there in the head, but he would he would go up every every time he'd come upstairs, he'd go and run into that mat. So the guy, the first guy comes in. I mean, the new guy comes in, sees him do, does it, immediately barks at him and like has him do twenty push-ups because of that, and he's just trying to drill discipline into into, into him. That kid never showed up again. I don't want to say it's the same, that that's the exact same way with Caldwell, but you can see the loyalty in these guys when they talk about Jim Caldwell. You can see that they got bonded together, that Jim Caldwell was this this player's coach that guys wanted to play for. And then they the the I they these guys felt like Patricia insulted everything Jim Caldwell did when he came in to do that. And that's not you, you just can't win. You just can't win like that. No, you can't treat guys like that. They and they're bonded together as that. It's not again. These guys aren't running for for the exits. It's that this guy represented the antithesis of everything they had worked the past few years to build and just yeah t- tore it down. Look, man. Eventually, there's going to be subversion of hierarchy. The reason the office worked as a television series is because Michael Scott was the biggest dullard in the office early. So you were able to find a way to not just empathize and sympathize with the other characters in the office, but also root for them against their boss. But the reason the show ends up working is because of the level, and then eventually you get to the respect side of it. Matt Patricia didn't have any respect for guys coming in the door, or if he did, he had a very, very bad way to show it. You can't treat pros that way. He had a college mentality, I guess, but I don't think that would have flown very long in college, at least not in the 2020 version of college. There's a reason why this dude's out of a job. There's a reason why this dude should have been out of a job. There's a reason why this guy shouldn't have been back this year. The Lions wasted 2020 to get to the same result that we all saw coming. We'll be right back. It's the Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my dance, <laughs> Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. 
Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Couple of flies knocked out of the Vaseline in Detroit. Patricia and Quinn gone. Now you got to get it right if you're the Lions. Eventually, you have to stop sucking at this, right? I'm serious. I know this comes across real blatant and harsh this morning, but seriously, how long are you going to stink? When it came time, all right, here's, I don't want to point this towards me, but I guess I'm going to point this towards me. I lost all this weight. This is a story I've told many times uh, to many different audiences it often gets brought up if I'm hosting with somebody else, they want to know the story. And I'm not going to go deep into the story, but I weighed 370 pounds and I'll weigh 205. It was at one point, it was like 195 or something. Then I actually started lifting weights in addition to cardio. So I put on a little bit of muscle. But short version was when I went to Houston for the Super Bowl with Clay Travis a few years ago when I was still his executive producer. I saw photos of myself that had been taken down there, and I was, and it had just kind of changed. My mindset changed, and uh, I've spoken about faith pretty openly as well. Just, I woke up, and all of a sudden, the things that I used to eat religiously all the time, I just, you know, how about you just stop doing that? How about you just quit the uh, Little Caesars Hot and Reddies and the large blizzards and the full bags of Doritos and you know, all of that kind of stuff. Why don't you quit all that? Why don't you just, real simple, you just knock out carbs and sugar and see what happens. And what happened was, six weeks after I started doing it, I dropped 31 pounds. And there's a lot more that goes into the story. And I, I've written about it for OutKick before and all this. But the point was, when I looked at that photo, I was just like, how long do you want to suck? Like, is this, how, how long do you want to take photos that you don't want anybody to see. How bad does it have to get? How fat do you have to be before something changes? And I don't know that anything was going to change until I woke up with, with that blessing to change what I was doing. That there was a, a new way. And the reason I have constantly felt like my faith is a reason for it is because everything I've tried has worked. Literally everything. It's not like I went and researched this and did all this you know, I don't have a nutritionist. I never had anybody tell me how to exercise. Just everything I did worked. But how how long are you going to take the garbage before you do something about it? Eventually, you have to hate something and love something more, right? As much as I loved food, I hated how I looked and more importantly, how I felt more. So some of that, a lot of that food had to go. And did. The Lions had to get to a place, 
and their players, I think, were at this place a long time ago, where we hate sucking enough. We hate stinking at this enough that I don't care about your nepotism or anything else. You got to go. And now you finally have to get this right because it's not just Patricia. I mean, yeah, Caldwell was was solid in that job, but there have been a lot of bad hires for the Lions through the years. But you are an NFL franchise in a city with a long-suffering fan base that still sticks by you in terms of wanting to see you be good. Maybe get it right this time. And there are a lot of names out there. There is, looks like Robert Salah is probably the leader in the clubhouse right now. Almost got the Browns job, ended up going to Stefanski. It was going to go to one of the two of them. They went with the offensive guy. And that's the only thing that would worry me if I'm a Lions fan is to say, we just got out of a defensive coordinator situation. And DCs are not getting a lot of HC jobs. And the reason I mentioned this probably about a year ago or so is that if you go hire a defensive head coach in the NFL, you have to expect that if you're good offensively at all, you're going to lose your OC year after year after year or every two years, unless you're Bill Belichick somehow. If you don't hire a great offensive guy, then you're probably going to struggle offensively anyway, and you're already behind the eight ball. But if you hire a great offensive coordinator, he's going to leave. Look at the guys that are being talked about for jobs right now. Brian Dable, maybe he goes to Detroit. Arthur Smith, maybe he goes to Detroit. There's all these names. Even Greg Roman's name, which I think is just the worst idea possible if you're Detroit. All these guys' names are out there, and it's because they're hot offensive coordinators. Tennessee had Matt LaFleur. He wasn't even good in Tennessee, and he got the head coaching job in Green Bay. Everybody wants offensive because the rules benefit the offense and because a dynamic offensive coordinator is going to get a head coaching job somewhere, right? So cut out the middleman, hire the offensive coordinator to be your head coach now because your DC you might be able to hang on to for half a decade. Even if he's good, you might be able to hang on to him for a half decade. That becomes a problem is I talked about turnstile head coaches in Cleveland. How about turnstile offensive coordinators for any OC's worth their salt. Like, again, with the Titans, Matt LaFleur, gone, right? I didn't think he was good. I thought it was a horrible hire by Green Bay based on what I had seen him do locally, okay? Then Arthur Smith comes in. He's an unknown name, at least in terms of that job. He's doing a good job. Everybody thinks he's gone at the end of this year. So why don't you, if you are a franchise avoid that pain by going ahead and making the head coaching job an offensive guy and then go hire a dynamic defensive coordinator. Somebody that you can trust in that role. I think you have a better chance in 2020 watching this league and watching the way and the trends and the rules and what they are publicizing and pushing, what they want the league to be you have a much better chance of holding on to a defensive coordinator for a sustained length of time than you do an offensive coordinator. That would be my only concern about Sala, based on what I know of Sala. I was reading an article from Tim Kawakami at The Athletic, and he is saying, and of course he's in that San Francisco, that Bay Area 
so he knows Sala very, very well. And he even makes the same point that I just made, basically. He says there might be a mini-issue with Salah in Detroit because Patricia was a Pats defensive coordinator before the Lions hired him, and teams often look to the offensive side after firing a defensive-minded head coach or vice versa. At the very least, defense-minded candidates in these situations need to have a plan at OC, and Salah could theoretically bring 49ers passing game coordinator Mike LaFleur or run game coordinator Mike McDaniel with him as his OC. But what's the most important thing about Patricia? Is that he's not a great head coach, or is it that he sucks in relationships and creates a culture that nobody wants to be around him, at the very least? They talk about him behind his back. Again, it's the Michael Scott effect. Michael Scott in the first season of The Office was insufferable. They did focus group testing for that series, and they found out he was abrasive. So they wanted him to become dumb as opposed to mean. So instead of being a buttoned-up boss that was also, you know, racist or whatever else, they just kind of made him a dunce who wanted to be liked but could never get into the cool kids club. Matt Patricia is first season Michael Scott. Matt Patricia had slick back hair and rubbed everybody the wrong way to the extent that the test group, the focus group for the office said, that's got to change or we're walking away from the show. We're not going to watch this. We're going to watch something else. So they softened his image, watched the difference in Michael Scott's hair from the first season of The Office to the second. That was not a coincidence. That was intentional. Robert Salah, here is Kawakami again. And I would point out that Salah, other than coming from the same side of the ball, is an extreme opposite personality type from Patricia. This is not easy to know because Shanahan and the Niners keep assistant coaches mostly away from the media, except for the league-mandated weekly Salah news conferences. Salah has done a few one-on-one interviews as of other Niners assistants, but otherwise, Salah speaks publicly only from the podium. But from what I can tell... Sala is one of the brightest and most popular guys inside 49ers headquarters and the locker room, constantly keeping in touch with as many people as possible. Shanahan's the mad genius, a guy locked away in his office overseeing everything, dreaming up new plays, and occasionally lasering verbal challenges at his assistants, including Salah. And Salah is a bit of the opposite, more of a connector, which is a perfect combination with his head coach. Here's Shanahan in January about Salah. What's great about him is just the battles that we've had just schematically and talking. Even though it seems like sometimes it's personal, it never does become personal. We both know each other well enough that we can challenge the heck out of each other. I do it a lot more verbally. His personality and mine are a little different. We both do think a lot. I'm a little more aggressive in how I debate, and he's a little more healthy in it, I would guess. So all positives about him. Seems like he can coach. Seems like people like being around him. That's two things Matt Patricia was unable to make a reality during his three years in Detroit. I'm just saying, you could do a lot worse. Yeah, he's a defensive guy, so I made the case that being my one caveat. But if I'm the Lions, I'd probably make that guy tell me no, especially since he's from that area and loves that area.
Let's go to Brian Finley. Not from that area. May not love that area, but what's going on, man? What is going on, Jason? Let's start with some college football. Mac Jones dolling up the stat sheet with five touchdown passes as number one Alabama teaches number 22 Auburn a lesson. 42-13. Steve Sarkeesian filling in for head coach Nick Saban, who's got coronavirus. Saban, who's self-isolating, admitted he yelled at the TV a couple times during the game. I guess only a couple times. Mm, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he had the door closed and a full box of oatmeal cream pies during yeah. this thing. Yeah, that that cereal box was thrown across the room a few times. Third-ranked Clemson frightens Pittsburgh 52-17. The Tigers bounced out to a 31-0 lead in the first quarter. LSU was hapless against fifth-ranked Texas A&M. Here comes pressure. Hit as he throws, intercepted at the 15-yard line. Buddy Johnson, touchdown Aggies! The pressure, the pick, and six. Buddy Johnson. Texas A&M Radio Network, the Aggies lap up the Tigers 20-7. to Hey, wait, Finley, Finley, Finley. Uh, Did you really win if you only scored 20 points on that LSU defense? You know what? That was not very good on their part, shall I say. It was hard to hear, Jason, as somebody who's an Ole Miss fan. We were supposed to play LSU on December 5th. But now I've heard that the schedule has been reconstructed in that Alabama is going to have a meeting with LSU on the 5th, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Which then means, does Ole Miss not even get to play LSU? Because Ole Miss, not only did they beat Mississippi State... But they actually have to play AM on the 12th because they were supposed to play earlier and then AM had the COVID stuff yep. going on. So it's yep. like another easy win. But yeah, 20 points, kind of embarrassing, emasculating, mm. if you ask me. There you go. I mean, it, it was a win, but people are scoring half a hundred regularly on the LSU defense yeah. this year. Yeah, no question about it. Michigan State hassles number eight Northwestern 29 to 20. The Wildcats get their first defeat on the NFL front. Your Denver Broncos, Jason, will be playing topless against the Saints. That's later today, i.e. Denver out of a quarterback. The remaining three are not going to be options as they are all high-risk close contacts to quarterback Jeff Driscoll, who tested positive for coronavirus on Thursday. Santa Clara County, California, makes the 49ers temporarily homeless with a measure preventing professional sports from taking place for a three-week stretch in December due to a surge in coronavirus cases. The Lions dropkick head coach Matt Patricia and general manager Bob Quinn out of the team offices. And whether you rent or own, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Having a home is hard work, so get a quote at geico.com. It is easy. Jason, I think... The Vanderbilt Commodores, who went scoreless on Saturday, they could put up some more points than LSU, or at least some points. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was 41 to nothing to Missouri. <laughs> History was made, though, so good good on that. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com. Call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part figuring out which way is easier. So I look at the notes that I, or not really the notes, but just the, what I was thinking about talking from segment to segment. And as usual, it only becomes a guideline, certainly not a rule. Didn't expect to talk that much lines, but I guess we got into other topics sort of surrounding that. There was someone that tweeted me about COVID, which is where I was planning on leading off in the second hour of the show. 
saying, can someone shed light on why the Ravens game was postponed once Lamar was positive for COVID, but Pats were forced to play without Cam, as were the Niners and Raiders with folks out? Yes, I will address that. And I think I'll answer the question, honestly, because there actually is a pretty substantial difference between those. But there's massive inconsistency here, and I even tweeted it out at some point on Saturday afternoon. I said, I feel like we're just a couple of stories away from having to pause the NFL season based on the reactions that the league is and the moves that they are making right now. I'm not saying that's what should happen. I'm saying it feels like that's where we're headed here. And if you can hear my eye roll across the radio landscape, then that's because it's audible because it's that big. So I will address that. We'll probably get to it in the second hour um, of the show. So we have really enough time to delve into it. We are going to talk about some games. We're going to talk about some rookie quarterbacks as well. And the, the Santa Clara decision to shut everything down for three weeks, it's going to affect multiple teams, but the Niners probably being the most important one of those. So just a lot to get to. Plus, is it Lamar? And if it is Lamar, is it fixable long-term in Baltimore? That'll be part of our COVID discussion as well. So just a ton to get to. Stick with us. On Twitter, at jmartradio is where you can find me. We'll be right back. Jason Martin Show, Fox Sports Radio. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. On, 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break. And consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference 
in the quality of your slumber. Visit underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome back, Fox Sports Radio Studios. We're brought to you by Geico. Jason Martin Show. I'm on Twitter at jmartradio. That's where you can find me. I'm looking at the schedule of games coming up today, and then I'm like, okay, how many of these involve teams that aren't going to be at full strength, not due to injury? We're, of course, in the third hour of the show going to predict all these games. Maybe we need to start predicting whether this game will be played or not. We already have one move to Tuesday. That's where we'll lead off the next hour of this show is talking about what COVID is doing to sports and how we are approaching a moment where the decisions seem to indicate that we may be about to pause this thing. Hopefully not. But, I mean, my Broncos don't have a quarterback today. We don't have an NFL quarterback in uniform. Tried to grab two assistant coaches that had played quarterback in the past to see if that could work, and the league shut that down. Just all sorts of stuff here. It is the Saints. I suggested maybe they'll let, maybe they'll just allow us to have Jameis for a game. Just send him over. We'll send you, I don't know three or four quality control coaches or something like that. Box of Reese's Cups. Whatever, I don't know. Just so that we can field an actual quarterback. Looks like Royce Freeman, the running back, who has some quarterback experience, who I think actually got called into action in an emergency when Drew Locke got banged up early in the season. He could potentially come in. But think about how ridiculous that is. The entire quarterback room out. Jeff Driscoll tested positive. The other three guys, they were seen at some point not wearing masks, and that was enough to say they were high risk. You can't play. That's um, that's concerning. It's also concerning just the decision-making process. Just like we're worried about Thanksgiving becoming a super spreader event. And we're worried about it for college football and NFL teams. So we're going to close the facilities Monday and Tuesday. Like, that's going to be enough. Like, if it's a super spreader event, then you've got to shut them down for like two weeks and nobody should be playing today. If that's indeed, if you believe people are getting it from games. But I don't really think people are getting it from games. We haven't seen anything to indicate that. The two biggest outbreaks, the Ravens, who we'll talk a lot about in the second hour of this show to address Bubba's question on Twitter. And the Tennessee Titans. Uh, no Vikings came down with it after playing the Titans. And I think Chris Jackson was put on the COVID reserve list today for the Titans. I don't even know exactly what that means in terms of whether or not he tested positive or just there's a quarantine or something like that. But the Ravens have the other giant breakout and, and the Titans haven't exploded with tests. Now, is that going to happen next week? I guess it could. But I don't think guys are getting this on the field. So again, I'm trying to figure out where the consistency is in the decision-making process. But there's going to be a game played on Tuesday, sort of. I mean, look who's not going to be out there for the Ravens in that game. But yeah, there are some questions about applications. So that's where we're going to go to open the second hour of this show. We'll talk about what's going on in Santa Clara County. We'll talk about what's happening a little bit more with the Broncos. But but a lot of it's going to center around this Ravens-Steelers game, whether or not it can even be played 
and what all of this means and just how it's affected sports. So stick with us for that. Just a lot to get to on this program. we got two more hours coming up next. Hour number two of the program, live from the Fox Sports Radio studios, brought to you by Geico. Jason Martin Show. I am Jay Martin on Twitter at Jmart Radio. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com. Get yourself a free rate quote today. Coming up next segment, I have my daily broadcast partner in Nashville on Fox Sports Radio affiliate 104.5 The Zone. Former Steelers offensive lineman Ramon Foster had him on along with Jeff Schwartz yesterday. We're going to play that conversation for you coming back. A lot of it centering around Lamar Jackson and some about COVID and just how ticked off the Steelers are. Now, Connor actually has come down with it. Now he's positive and a coach has tested positive as well. But the question that was asked on Twitter at Jmart Radio uh, about an hour ago, right around the time we hit air, was can someone shed light on why the Ravens game was postponed once Lamar was positive? But Pats were forced to play without Cam, as were the Niners and Raiders with folks out. Well, in terms of the Pats, it's a bad argument because it was Cam and then it wasn't anybody else at that point in time. The Ravens have had, it's either 18 or 19. That's a bona fide outbreak at this point, dating back to a coach that didn't do what he was supposed to do and didn't clue the team in to what was going on a strength and conditioning coach, and then since then, the whole world's come down with it. They've got no running backs. That's why Gus Edwards is a trendy fantasy pickup right now. Lamar Jackson's come down with it, which means RG3 would be playing. But it's really not that. It's the fact that there continue to be guys and and names being added to the list. They can't enter their facility until Monday, is what Harbaugh was saying a couple of days ago you can't get into your facility everything has to be virtual how do you go play a game on sunday if it's not safe to come into your own facility why would be, why would it be safe to welcome anybody else in that's why it's different that's how it's being adjudicated that's how it's looked at you may disagree with that but that's why and it's the same thing with the titans the reason that game got moved to a tuesday after one of them was moved off and cost the steelers their bye week was Again, an outbreak in the 20s. The Raiders had a bunch of guys, but almost all of them played that week. The Niners had a bunch of dudes out. That was sort of a weird situation. And I think at some point the NFL was trying their best to just not have to move anything else around. Because if you go back and you look, I think it was when the Chiefs-Patriots had to... Was it the Chiefs-Patriots or the Chiefs-Bills? Whichever one, I think the Patriots had ended up having a game moved. And it got moved to a Monday night. And because of that, like seven or eight other games were affected. These schedules are put together with all these algorithms and all this stuff, and it's super intricate. And you can't pull one out without destroying the Jenga tower. They were able to pull it off because of the bye weeks kind of syncing up properly when it came to Tennessee and Pittsburgh. If Pittsburgh and Baltimore can't play on Tuesday, first off, that's a huge football game in terms of playoffs, and the division. If Baltimore loses, they're pretty much out of the division race. They're not out of the playoff race entirely because they have the easiest schedule in the NFL left. They could easily finish 11 and 5 or certainly 10 and 6 because they're playing a lot of bad teams that aren't going to have anything to play for. But I don't think this is preferential treatment because Lamar is out and he's the MVP of the league. I don't. I don't think that they are trying to stack this deck for the Baltimore Ravens. No. 
and they have an undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers team. Pittsburgh's a more important franchise to the NFL than Baltimore. Not that Baltimore is not important, not that all the franchises aren't important, but the Steelers are one of the elites, one of the blue bloods, one of the ones with a fan base that's actually national to some degree, kind of like the Cowboys. There's some teams where every city you go in, you're still going to see their colors represented. The Steelers are one of those squads. I don't think Baltimore quite qualifies. Not that there aren't any Ravens fans, but it's not the same. So if you were going to actually protect somebody, it would be Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh's been screwed twice if you want to actually get down to the brass tacks of it. They practiced for four days and then were told, no, the Tennessee game's not happening, but your bye week is actually this week, but you've had to practice all week. And then the Thanksgiving game gets moved. Yet again, you had been preparing and all this kind of stuff. Everything has shifted on them. So that's the difference, though. To answer the question, it's because of the number of guys that aren't available and the fact that they aren't out of the woods yet. It's like every day they're having a real situation. I saw it firsthand here in Nashville. Every day at 7.30 a.m., everybody's just glued to Twitter waiting to see Rappaport or one of the guys, Tom Pelissero or Diana Rossini or whoever it was that's going to break it first that day that's going to say, yeah, per source, two more Titans players and one more staff member have tested positive for COVID-19. And the Ravens started having that same kind of leak that they didn't show up and it just a couple guys here, a couple guys here, a couple guys here every day. Until that is gone, you have a much better reason. With the Patriots, when it was Cam, even though it made no sense to me that they were flying with two different planes and all this kind of stuff, it was just Cam. Now, did a couple of other guys after the fact, like days later? Yes. But it was not a bona fide outbreak like this one is. That's the difference. Bubba just said, now I understand, didn't disagree, just legitimately didn't know what the difference was. No, I didn't, I didn't think it was disrespectful, and I didn't think that you were coming at me hard or strong. I just wanted to make sure I answered your question effectively so that you could know the difference. I said on Twitter at Jmart Radio at some point Saturday afternoon that we are a couple of stories away from this whole thing coming crashing down, at least having to pause the NFL season. And people were like, that would be ridiculous. I, I Look, this isn't about whether or not I think that should happen. I'm just reading the tea leaves at what we're seeing. We're playing an NFL game today, folks, where one NFL team does not have a quarterback on the roster because all of them have been deemed ineligible. The team that they're playing has a guy that tested positive on Saturday as well with the Saints. We've had, what, four or five different teams shut down facilities at different times this past week. The NFL is shutting down all facilities Monday and Tuesday. Everybody's working virtually because they're worried about Thanksgiving. The Raven-Steelers game's already been moved because of 19 Ravens and what we just discussed. And I'm still not sold that they're going to play that game on Tuesday. I'm really not. The Colts in a huge AFC South game against the Titans, where the winner probably wins the division, and then it's fair to say because of the logjam in the conference, does the loser make the playoffs? The Colts are going to be about five guys. 
including Jonathan Taylor, and some key defensive guys. It's becoming a problem, and we haven't even talked about Santa Clara County. Santa Clara County, officials there, meaning government officials, not the zebras, for the next three weeks, enhanced COVID-19 guidelines for all sports. That means pro, college, prep, youth, everything. Three-week ban on any contact sport taking place in that county. Case numbers are rising in the Bay Area. And there's other guidelines. There's quarantines. There's all sorts of other things. 49ers have two home games scheduled that they can't play. December 7th against the Bills. That's a Monday night football game. December 13 against Washington. These rules mean they've got to find somewhere else to play and somewhere else to practice. It also affects Stanford and San Jose State, I believe. Council for Santa Clara County, James Williams, sorry. This will temporarily suspend activities that require direct physical contact or interaction in Santa Clara. So that means for those teams, they will not be able to play games or have practices where they have direct contact within the county, unquote. And I think San Jose Sharks also are hit by this. So you tell me, no quarterbacks in Denver, even though three of them haven't tested positive, they're just high risk. Yes, I'm rolling my eyes. A Saints player down. We had, I think, the Rams facility was shut down at one point this week. We've had multiple facilities shut down. We got some Browns out today. We've got five Colts out. We've got 19 Ravens that are positive that can't play. Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, Lamar Jackson can't play on Tuesday against the Steelers if that game happens. We've got James Conner testing positive today, and he's got cancer. He's a cancer survivor which means he is in the higher risk category. You tell me. And then there's a bigger issue that I want to get to a little bit later about how we're watching sports right now. I may do that to open the third hour. When we come back, though, Ramon Foster, who's my broadcast partner and friend here in Nashville, uh, who played for the Steelers for 11 years and is in constant contact with that team, He has some insight on how they felt when the game was canceled. The second game they've had that's been moved or canceled outright this season. And just how difficult it's been, plus some thoughts about Lamar Jackson and just kind of looking around the NFL. It's a really good conversation. We had it on Thursday. Jeff Schwartz and I were in for Clay Travis, and we brought in Ramon, and it was a a really interesting conversation. So you definitely want to stick around for that. If you have questions like Bubba, always tweet me at jmartradio. As long as there are things that we should cover, I'm likely to cover those things. So you can comment there, but you can also always ask questions. And Bubba, I appreciate you sending that in. Hopefully that that definitely got to the bottom of that issue. Ramon Foster, that conversation from Friday's Outkick the Coverage is coming up next. Jason Martin Show, stick with us here on Fox Sports Radio. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! 
and even checkouts not until four so because the american express platinum card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants elevated experiences at live events and 4 p.m late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through amex travel that's the powerful backing of american express see how to elevate your experiences at americanexpresscom express.com with amex terms apply what's up i'm john wall and i'm cj toledano and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called point game Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome back. Some good comments and another good question about the Lions coaching job that uh, was just sent to me via Twitter. Hit me up with what you want to talk about or what you want to hear me riff on at Jmart Radio. And whether you own or rent your home, Geico is going to make it really easy to bundle your home and car insurance. That's a good thing. Having a home's hard work. Make it easier for yourself. Go to Geico.com. Get a quote. See how much you could save. Geico.com. I just used the word. I'll use it again. Easy. Five days a week, three hours a day on 104.5 The Zone, Fox Sports Radio affiliate. I host radio with Ramon Foster, who just retired from the NFL after 11 years protecting Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. Always just, this guy's a rock star, honestly. Uh, Every day I get to work with him, he gets better. So he joined Jeff Schwartz and I on Friday as we were in for Clay Travis on Outkick the Coverage. Uh, Just a a really good conversation about the league, especially with everything going on this week with COVID. Thought you would enjoy hearing it in case you missed it. So here is our conversation from Friday with Ramon Foster. Let's bring in Ramon Foster. He's my broadcast partner on Fox Sports Radio affiliate 104.5 The Zone in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, he knows a little bit about unfair because the team he used to play for is all out talking about the unfairness. Moan, what's up, man? Good morning, guys. How pissed off are your former teammates about what's going on for the second time this season involving them? 
They're uh, beyond pissed, man. And you know, we've talked before, talked about it before on our show, man. And in the sense of like athletes, Jeff, you know it too. It's it's a few things you look at. It's one's a Thursday night game to make sure it's not super early in the season or super yeah. late in the season. If it falls right in the middle, hey, I'm good to go. We'll figure this thing out. And then the other one is the uh, bye week. And right now, that's what the guy's biggest gripe is about is they hadn't had a full bye week in a sense. The last time they were supposed to play, uh, well, the last time it got canceled, um, they were still practicing during the week, so they didn't get yeah. their appropriate off time. And then uh, what I found out about this was that this week in general, playing on Thursday night on Thanksgiving in front of everybody, guys had already like bought tickets for their families to be able to come into the stadium or at least being able to come and see them for a little bit. Um, and Coach Tomlin had promised them that they'd be off to Wednesday of next yep. week. Yep. So now they're in an uproar, and I get it because as a professional, man, you go as hard as you can, but you know you do need your breaks too. And that's where the guys are at at this point is, and especially since it's not their own undoing in a sense. And I know they've been very adamant about, you know, wearing masks and the, the, the tracing and just everything involved in it. So it's one of those things like, why do I got to get in trouble? Because you messed up. I'm not the guy that messed this whole thing up. And um, the rest uh, component of, of the, the, the season is what's really getting to them right now. Not in the sense that they're tired, but in the sense that you just want to take a break from the game over the weekend and they're not given that opportunity right now yeah that's what i was trying to explain to people is like the five-day break that tallman was giving them is huge in week 12 i mean it's got to feel great to have those five days off obviously can't can't do that now but you know what what i what i respect about tallman those there's no excuses made right it was interesting by the way to see like cam hayward who's been there forever go on twitter and be like all right we'll play sunday and the younger guys are kind of like this thing so how how does tallman (laughs) Like, how does Tomlin handle a situation like this? Um, he's the guy, man, that I'll say this. He's a uh, a curator in the sense of, like, the game of football. So whatever whatever the game needs, he's okay with doing it. Uh, every year we've practiced either on Christmas, played on Christmas, practiced on Thanksgiving, all the holidays, Labor Day, all of those yeah, things. Yeah. And he'd always give us a lesson and saying, you know, well, my dad worked the shipyards in Virginia. He'd have dinner with us, and he'd go right back into work because guess why? It was double time for a family that needed double pay, you know? So yeah. he's the guy that never let the guys make an excuse about what the game is demanding. It's just when you have, uh, like you said, the young guys on the team that, that, that really don't get it just yet, um, that's why Cam is all adamant about, like, it doesn't matter to him. And uh, Jason and I have been running that whole little bit on our show is that we do not care. That's his yeah. mentality. It's just that it'll move through the locker room and everybody will fully understand it in the sense that nobody really cares. And I, I just hate to say it, but most people don't like the Pittsburgh Steelers unless you're still a Steelers fan. So those guys been on Twitter, been mad or upset, I'm sure it's all kind of other fan bases attacking them, calling them crybabies and stuff like <laughs> that. Um, but that's just how it goes, man. Uh, Coach Tomlin has a way, man, of getting guys to, to get – the best out of themselves and just leave everything behind. Uh, his his biggest thing that he says, whatever problems you have, keep them at the door as soon as you walk through those uh, that, that, that facility doorway because what we focus on is football in that room, and that's where the guys that get to is just the reactionary thing to do is just go on Twitter yeah. because why? Everybody has a voice now. Oh, yeah, and everyone does have a voice. L- look at the game that played Sunday or Monday. I don't know when it's going to be played. Do the Steelers have to worry about a little bit of complacency because no Lamar Jackson, right? You're out 
Multiple yeah. run, the, the Ravens have multiple running backs. They're out both their D tackles. Uh, they haven't been played as well this season. They came off a loss. Now Pittsburgh has to kind of regroup with mentally what day they're going to play. Is there a worry about a little bit of complacency in this game? I, I worry about it a little bit on the fan side of it now. And truth be told, I did on that when I was the player too. It was certain games that we were supposed to win. You know, playing the New York Jets with like uh, a backup quarterback, <laughs> we end up losing that game. <laughs> we go out to uh, Oakland and play with Tyrell Pryor. Uh, I remember that game. That game. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. we, we have had that history of stuff happening. And, and also, to just reflect real quick, we go out to uh, Oak, L.A. last week, I mean last year, play Phillip Rivers-led team and beat them with, with Devlin Hodges, a.k.a. Duck. So <laughs> there's a few things that, that go on, but I am a little worried about this one because emotions can get high. We saw what happened last time when a team were in this, was in this position with Buffalo and they had to come play the Titans. There was a huge letdown with Buffalo in the sense that they thought they probably just steamrolled through it. Baltimore is one of those franchises where everybody will be right-minded on game day, and you just hope that the guys in Pittsburgh are feeling the same way because Nobody wants to lose that game because if they beat uh, Baltimore two times, they set themselves up to win the North. So um, it would suck if they, they if they don't have their minds right, man. And as I say, football is a uh, that movie any given Sunday. That's how oh, it yeah. can be sometimes, man. Moan, we do our weekly seven three on our show every week in the mornings, and and or and it's a, it's our power rankings, and it's your NFL number. It's right. a top seven, bottom three. And I keep thinking, I've been thinking about this over the last 24 hours. Pittsburgh's undefeated, and we are deep yeah. in the season, and they're undefeated. Yet I think three quarters of the country would take the Chiefs over them right now, which I think is a testament to how great Pat Mahomes is and how great the Andy Reid coach system is and, and some of the weaponry there. Yeah. But if you're a Steeler, and of course you were one for 11 years and you talk to these guys on a regular basis, do you feel almost disrespected? Like you're just not being talked about enough for what you've been able to accomplish, or do you care at all? Um, I'll say this from the the social media aspect of it, guys probably care a little bit because you want to be justified as being undefeated. You want to be known as being good, but there is a young guy in Kansas City, man, that is one of the best in the world, and barring anything crazy happening, we're going to see a lot of great games out of that kid, and that's Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. I'm sorry. Uh, oh yeah do not call him pat don't mess that up okay i don't need mama mahomes coming at me okay guys (laughs) but but what up what i'm saying is this yeah i know those guys feel a certain way about certain people putting them number two which in the end of the day it doesn't matter my ultimate goal and i'm sure theirs is to see each other in the afc championship at the end of the day none of it matters in the sense of uh one and two right now. It's not college and you're not positioning for the DCS Bowl or the uh, college playoff system or nothing like that. But it's uh, – and that goes the same way too with, with Ben. Ben can do a million things on the field, but it's always well the defense or well his receivers or well his running game or well his O-line. Uh, we've heard it before, and I, I feel like he's a, a Hall of Fame player for sure. Um, he should go in first ballot, but it's always uh, – it's a, it's a him plus somebody else. It's never just him. And – I'm not saying he's a, 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 a top-of-the-line candidate for MVP, but if a team is undefeated and you're playing well and, and he's a part of the reason, I think his, his touchdown-to-interception ratio is kind of low. So um, it's, that conversation would be had if I feel like he was in Dallas or he was in um, New York. 
but for some odd reason, Pittsburgh is just a football season, and people expect you to play blue-collar football and leave the accolades up to everybody else. We spent a lot of time over the last few weeks, Moan, talking about Lamar Jackson, and yesterday we talked a ton, Jeff and I did, about Lamar Jackson, and we talked about Greg Roman and everything else. When you look at Lamar Jackson right now, what do you see? He's so young, and he's so kind of emotional, and and it's not really negative, but he's really open, says a quiet part out loud and stuff like that, but just on the field and – Baltimore having to at some point make a decision about their future and whether or not they're going to pay him big money. Where is Lamar Jackson right now? Where he is, and that's very interesting because I I see a lot that he does on the field. Right now he looks like a young guy that's frustrated out there sometimes or the young guy that's trying to do a lot to prove that he's a part of the party or he's the showstopper of the party. And right now I just don't feel like it's, it's in his favor to be that guy. Um, I always point the finger. What we've been talking about it, Jason, on our show is pointing the finger at, finger at Greg Roman. I mean, yeah. here's a guy that has one of the best weapons in the world. And they, for some reason, didn't put it together for him. When we talk to Michael Vick, it made the most sense to me. It was like, you're going to have to do a lot to get him to be a better pro. And that's forcing him to do the things he's not comfortable with. And right now, he's trying to do everything that he's comfortable with and Jeff, you you know it. Jamar, you studied the game for a long time in the sense that, hey, guess what? When they figure you out, the ones that stay around in this league are the ones, the ones yeah. that continue to evolve. And he's not evolving right now. It's almost as if um, you're the best player in your neighborhood at basketball, right? And every day you go out there and work everybody until the new kids come and be like, okay, well, you're not as good as we thought you were. It's almost like he, he views himself as being figured out. And yeah. When you're in this league of smart people, I mean, we talked about it. Baltimore got 30 guys on their staff, coaches. 30 yeah. guys on their coaching staff. They got an analytics department. Oh, Every yeah. team has something like that. And all they need is a little time to figure you out. And when they do, you better be really good or as good as we thought you were in that year that you won MVP. And right now, he's not showing that. So it's almost the frustration shows itself every time. Him trying to extend plays and make plays is just not happening because Teams have gotten smarter. Well, talking about teams and offenses and whatnot that are struggling, the Dallas Cowboys had a pathetic showing on oh. Thanksgiving, even with all the injuries and whatnot. Man, I, I, I thought McCarthy was going to be a good hire, and it's obviously maybe not fair to judge him in year one without Dak Prescott, but some of the coaching decisions, man, leave me a little worried about his future in Dallas. What do you make of what's happening in Dallas this year? I look at it as this. It's two things that really get me. Maybe Aaron Rodgers was was correct about him. That's the first thing that comes in my mind. Well, maybe it was uh, Coach McCarthy in a second, in a sense. And the other part of it is this. Is Zeke as good as we thought he was? Because when you're a, a high-dollar running back, you got to be able to change the game in some sense. We're seeing his backup now look better than he is. We were having a conversation watching the game. Me and my brothers, in a sense, what? well, do you cut Zeke after this year? And I know it might be a hot take or it might just be, you know, but Dallas is at a standpoint. Really no quarterback. The O-line is about to be reworked. Yeah. McCarthy comes in and not do what he's supposed to do as far as the coach. I'll say this. I know for a fact we were hoping he didn't go to Cleveland because his coaching pedigree said he's a good coach. And last night, for the world to see, he didn't look like a good coach. And Zeke didn't look like the guy that we thought he was going to be for years to come also. 
I mean, they paid him a ton of money. I mean, they paid Zeke so a ton of money, Moan. Uh, and paying running yeah. backs just doesn't does not tend to pay off. I mean, he had ten that. carries for thirty yards, Moan. Like this is Zeke Elliott. That's what I'm saying. And for the people that are like listening to this, as far as why the running back position keeps getting a, a knock on it every year, or we look at the Robinson kid in in Jacksonville right now, he's a stud. Yeah, you know and. You get a young guy, even if you do get a high draft pick as, as a uh, running back, you get him for the three or four years that you can get him, and then you probably send him off the free agency. There is no reason right now to get a running back. It's because, Jeff, I'm sure it's the same as you. When you were younger, the position you wanted to play when you first jumped on the field was probably running back or, or quarterback. I, I've always been this – I've always been this fat, though. That was, it, was probably, it was probably more like maybe like – You're out there end. without gloves. Yeah, maybe like tight. No, J- Jason, we're not gonna we're not gonna trigger people today. Please, please. No, no. <laughs> please no. But I, I say I say this though. Everybody wanted to run the ball. I know my era growing up. I of wanted course, to be yes. in the Smith in the sense of like I man, give me the ball. I don't care how big I am. And you got to look at it, man. There's one. There's three running backs on the team, but on, on college teams, there's probably about six or eight of them. And every single one of them can legitimately be a weapon to your team. And because of those reasons, it's the reasons why running backs will always have a knock on them. Because you can hire a guy for cheap, and he's going to be able to do the exact same job. Because why? It is one of the prettiest positions out there because you control the game. Yeah, I mean that makes that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you think about Pittsburgh again and Le'Veon. You don't have to even point to anything about Le'Veon specifically, but whatever it was that made Le'Veon special, it's not like James Conner was some like four to five step drop off. All it was was yeah, a way to yeah. save a ton of money and still continue to be able to run your system. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I think Le'Veon is a really good talent, man. He did some stuff that was very unique to the NFL and to the running back position where you see some guys try to do like the stutter, stop and go stuff. But at the end of the day, man, what we had was what, what Pittsburgh worked. And it worked in Pittsburgh, for in a sense, because you got to have the O-line. That was proven because it wasn't the case in uh, New York. Did not have an O-line there, and he wasn't able to run. He'd go to Kansas City, and right now, Hilaire is doing his thing. Clyde, Clyde Edward Hilaire is doing his yeah. thing as a young guy. Again, the 37th pick of the draft. Here's this guy looking like an all-pro, probably up for the uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year. So and, and that tells you when you got an all-pro, Pro Bowl, world-class athlete in, in Le'Veon, and he's barely touching the field because of this young guy. So I hate it for those guys, the ones that are special, Saquon, if he can bounce back from this ACL, MCL thing he got going on, then he's probably one of the last, like, dynamics. And, of course, what Dalvin Cook is doing, but um, when you're playing in Minnesota right now, it doesn't seem like there's much to it either, so – Mm. The ball's got to go through him. Mm. Jason and I have discussed the NFC a bunch the last couple of days. Who's your favorite team, or if you have to pick one right now, to win the NFC conference? feels like that conference is the one where, you know, someone gets hot in in December, could carry carry the championship there. The NFC, man, to me, I'm going to say this. I'm not sold on Tampa right now. I'm, I'm just not sold on them, man. Tom's offense, I heard somebody on the radio talking the other day, and it was like when you have a really good quarterback, um, oh, it was Fox. They were, they were saying they were talking to uh, Coach Fox when he was in Denver. It was like, man, what did you do to help out Peyton 
with this offense, man. You guys are catering to him. He was like, no, 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 no. Peyton installed the offense. Yeah, he did. We listened to Peyton install this offense. And I thought to myself, that's one of the things that I didn't feel like Ruth Aarons would be able to let go of. He would want Tom doing his stuff. And Tom's not a – that offense is built for a guy like Ben Roethlisberger, okay? It's not built for a guy like Tom Brady. Tom Brady should have been the one installing that offense in Tampa. And because of those reasons – even with the receivers, running back core, their O-line is solid and a solid D-line, I just don't see them going far. So if I had to pick a team, it would either be New Orleans, and I'm rolling with what Jason said too, the, the Rams. I think they, they have more of the stuff that works for them. You know what you're going to get from the Rams. The defense is going to do its thing. The secondary is, is solid on the other side of the ball. And just they're, they're watching golf evolve. I, I like those too, man. And I know I'm leaving out Russ, but – their defense for them just doesn't do it for me. I, I like the Rams or either New Orleans at this point. That was our conversation with Ramon Foster from Friday's Outkick of Coverage. Had a blast hosting for Clay Travis, Jeff and I, as we always do. And Ramon is who I work with five days a week. And if that's the first time you've heard him do radio, um, you should check us out, first of all. But more than anything, just dude's fun to work with for five days. I can tell you that right now. Also fun to work with this crew. Let's go to Brian Finley. And get a look at the latest. What's up, B? What is going on, Jason? We've got a lot to talk about, especially in college football, where top-ranked Alabama gulping up second, 22nd-ranked Auburn, 42-13. Mac Jones making a case for a potential Heisman run, finds the end zone five times through the air. Third-ranked Clemson body slams Pittsburgh, 52-17. The Tigers at one point led 31-0. Trevor Lawrence had over 400 yards through the air his first game back in five weeks. Of course, he was out dealing with COVID-19. While fifth-ranked Texas A&M sleepwalks to a 20-7 victory over LSU. To the NFL, the Broncos will have no quarterback Sandy today against the Saints after one Denver QB tested positive for COVID-19. The three others were ruled out as close contacts. Santa Clara County lawmakers, in an effort to curb coronavirus numbers, are preventing the 49ers from having home games through at least December 21st. The Lions broke it off with head coach Matt Patricia and general manager Bob Quinn. And Jason, did you see this? Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr., both over 50 years old, getting in the ring and charging money to have it on TV, the pay-per-view event. It was about that ended in a draw and then earlier on the card they had youtube diva slash influencer whoever this guy is jake paul and he knocked out former nba player nate robinson unconscious and then robinson went on instagram and said guys i'm fine but it looked pretty horrific when it happened when he i didn't i didn't him see out. it i didn't see it because just no <laughs> yeah. uh but I mean, I had somebody last week that tweeted me at, at JMR Radio and wanted me to break that fight down, wanted me to break <laughs> down Tyson and Roy Jones, and I was like, they're both broke down. Yeah. Like, they're both in their 50s. This is obviously a cash grab, and good for them that people wanted to pay. What was it? I think it was fifty nine ninety nine to watch that thing. Yeah. Uh, nah. Nah. Uh, did not see it. The fact that it ended in a draw and Tyson saying, hey, I want another one of these. It's like, yeah, okay, cool. All right, that's that's fine. Did you watch the fight, Finley? No, I did not. And people don't realize when they think of Mike Tyson, they think of a star. But at the end of his professional career, he really tailed off and struggled mightily. You looked at the one time when he when he bit the ear off of Holyfield. Holyfield and yeah. 
Tyson was really struggling in in that fight. And so we look at him in those great moments. But those great moments, Jason, were seemingly 100 years ago. Uh, yeah, they were. Uh, so there's nostalgia. And yeah. Look, the Goldbergs has been on for a long time at ABC. So nostalgia <laughs> still plays. Stranger Things still one of the most popular things on Netflix. We get it. Tyson is always going to be compelling. He's always going to be fascinating, but it doesn't mean I'm going to pay 60 bucks to watch him fight. But I will pay, uh, well, I guess I get paid to listen to Brian Finley. Tell me <laughs> about aforementioned fights. Welcome back, I'd Fox Sports Radio. There it is. That's right. Welcome back, Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by Geico. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. One of the topics we just discussed uh, in that conversation for Friday with Ramon Foster was what's going on in Baltimore. And I'm not talking about COVID. I'm talking about Lamar Jackson long term. So we'll get to break now. When we come back, we'll address that question. Is it Lamar? Is it fixable? What's going to happen in Baltimore? What are we seeing right now with the Baltimore Ravens? Is it as bad as it looks? Or is it going to end up feeling like, oh, it's all right, they finished 11-5? and five. Because there are multiple ways that this could go. But the question is, eventually you're going to have to pay Lamar Jackson sooner rather than later. Would you pay him? That's going to be a question. You're going to hear it a lot more over the next year or so. But I want to talk about it now. So we'll do it when we come back. At Jmart Radio on Twitter, Jason Martin Show. We'll be right back on Fox Sports Radio. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. 
Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. It's clobbering time. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. Jason Martin Show. I'm Jason Martin in Nashville, Tennessee. On Twitter at jmartradio. We're having fun. Appreciate some very kind words coming from some of you to at jmartradio this morning. Sometimes Twitter's not the worst place in the world. We are going to get to our NFL predictions in the third hour of the show, as we usually do. But the question I asked before the break was, Lamar, is it fixable? Is it Lamar? Do you pay Lamar? That's going to become a big-time question. This team, this Baltimore Ravens team, could easily make the playoffs. In fact, right now, I think they will, because their schedule is comically easy after the Pittsburgh game. Now, you hope that COVID doesn't have some kind of effect on any of the folks Long term, we still don't know enough, but you know some guys have gone down with it and they've come back and haven't looked like the same player, so who knows? Hopefully none of them are symptomatic or dealing with anything and they're all feeling okay. But the schedule was very easy. They could easily finish 11-5 and five and feel good about themselves going into the playoffs. But to me, they are sort of a broken team right now because Lamar does say the quiet part out loud an awful lot. And the quiet part out loud is just, man, I don't know what's wrong here. Why do they understand all our play calls? Why do defenses know what we're going to call every time? Why can't I get the same yardage that I'm used to? What's wrong with my deep ball? Why haven't we changed up what we're doing? Like there's just a lot there where he is thinking out loud. He's not throwing anybody under the bus. But you can see, like, Hollywood Brown wants more catches. He wants more targets. But he's not a number one receiver. He's a number two. They they need the alpha dog, and they don't have it. But Lamar Jackson, the argument, and I talked about this last week on this very program, it's not can he throw. Yeah, he can throw. But he's not a precision passer. He's never going to be a 70% completion per passer. Most people aren't, but this is a guy that three or four times a game is going to overthrow something crucial. They may beat the Titans if he hits Mark Andrews last Sunday, but he overthrew him by about a yard and a half. If that play is made, they probably beat Tennessee. Lamar has overthrown a couple of guys this year, and he does it consistently. Doesn't mean he's not going to make some really nice throws from time to time, but you're never going to mistake him for Drew Brees when it comes to accuracy. It's his athleticism that separates him and makes him such a weapon. But if you were watching right now, defenses are staying home. They're calling plays where they don't have to move around based on the machinations of the Ravens pre-snap. And now, because everything Greg Roman wants to do is between the hash marks, he has taken away a lot of space and he's limited Lamar Jackson's available area. It's just not the same. The guy that should be catching or or should have the ball more often is Dobbins. He won't have it at all on Tuesday thanks to COVID, but 
generally speaking, they want to run the ball. They're not meant to come from behind. So if they play against anybody good that's a prolific offense, they may get blown out. Remember what the Chiefs did to them? That's what's going to happen against powerful offenses that play against them. If their defense can't hold up, then they're going to fall behind. And if they fall behind by double digits, they're probably not coming back. They're not meant to do it because Lamar doesn't run that kind of offense and Roman doesn't really call that kind of offense. And Greg Roman, for as good as that first act can be, man, that thing turns into collateral in the last third. That was a great movie until they went that obvious route that I, I was. I remember watching that movie and just thinking, please don't let Tom Cruise just turn out to be the villain. Please have something better in your quiver than that because I shouldn't be able to predict this 20 minutes in and Michael Mann, you're good at this. Wow me and come up with something interesting. And sure enough, Tom Cruise was a villain and I never watched that movie again. Got to be able to land that plane. Sometimes it can be a great movie, but if you can't land the plane, I'm not going to buy it and I'm not going to recommend it to anybody. Ravens right now, I'm just praying that Tom Cruise doesn't end up the villain in this story. Greg Roman has never really had a second act at any stop, which is why when I see, oh, the Lions should hire Greg Roman, I'm like, yeah, to your detriment, you go right ahead and do that. Greg Roman has a place in the league, but this is kind of it. He kind of needs to move around every handful of years to go somewhere else and pull his magic again until it gets figured out. He's not somebody that you want long-term, I don't think, because why are they continuing to do the same stuff that they've done now that it's not as effective? Now you need to be doing different things. It's easy. Lamar Lamar says they, they all know what we're calling before the snap. That's because they've seen the film, and they know what you're going to do because you don't ever change it. That becomes a real concern. So I don't know how much of it is Lamar. I think it's more Greg Roman than Lamar, but I do think that they're worried about Lamar so they Greg Roman themselves to death. When we come back, we'll talk about the quarterback situation in Tampa, some college football, and get to our picks. Third hour of the program. Good Sunday morning to you. Thanksgiving a couple of days past. Hopefully it was a good one for you and your family. I had a good one. Spent a couple of days on Fox in for Clay Travis in the mornings. Now back here, home base, live in the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by Geico. It's the Jason Martin Show. I guess that makes me Jason Martin. I'm on Twitter at jmartradio. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com. Get yourself a free rate quote. Next segment, we'll start our NFL predictions. We'll find out how we did last week as well. I wanted to talk a little bit about the situation in Tampa Bay with Arians and Brady, but one thing that I had failed to get to in the wake of the COVID discussion that we had to open the second hour was how we're watching sports right now. And I was trying to explain this to my wife on Saturday, and she could see it, and she I, I could see it in her as well. I'm still watching these college football games, but I just don't care. It's And that's very unlike me. I love college football. Adore it. But I just, it 
feels meaningless. I don't mean in the grand scope of life. I'm not trying to make some kind of, you know, esoteric point or something like that. Existential. We're not, I'm not going down that pathway. I'm just telling you it feels meaningless because of all of this. I mean, Ohio State doesn't play Ryan Day. He's positive. Some other folks as part of the team positive as well. They hope they can play next week. They didn't play this week. They've only got two games left. Explain to me how that works. Like, we think they're good, but have they played anybody good? The answer to that question is no. I mean, their schedule's been pathetically easy. And, I mean, Indiana almost got them last week. Well, I should say they did beat Indiana, and I do think Indiana is good. So let me take that back. But that's it. They're going to finish with, what, six games played? Like, how do you vote them in? I'm starting to see college football analysts and experts not putting them in their top four. But do you really think they're not going to be in the college football playoff? But the thing is, if they can't play next week, then they can't qualify for the Big Ten Championship, I don't think. And, of course, you know, all of this is still who knows what happens next week or what happens two weeks from now or whatever. But we get to that point. I mean, Wisconsin lost their third game. They couldn't play Minnesota on Saturday after they had already missed two games. I think one was Nebraska and maybe one was Purdue or something like that. And so they can't play in the Big Ten Championship. They're not eligible because they didn't play enough games. We've got Trevor Lawrence hadn't played in five weeks until today, or yesterday, I should say, in that blowout win over Pittsburgh. You've got Saban not coaching. you got Day not coaching. You've got no common opponents across college football. You've got no fans in a lot of these games. There's just a feeling of emptiness and asterisk all over this thing. Like, if Alabama wins, you're not going to hear anybody talk about an asterisk. If Clemson wins, I don't think you're going to hear anybody talk about an asterisk. But if anything weird happens, it's going to have an asterisk attached to it. And then the NFL. We talked about that off the top of the second hour. All the just nutty things that we're going to see today or not see today, like zero quarterbacks in Denver a game that was moved from Thursday to Sunday, now moved to Tuesday, and who knows if it actually gets played then. It'll depend on whether or not we keep getting positive tests out of Baltimore. But all of this, there is the theory that before the season that the team that negotiates COVID the best is going to win the championship. I don't necessarily agree with that. Because I still think talent wins out, and as long as the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, I still think they're going to win it all. But if he drops because of COVID, I guess so. And maybe he could. The NFL keeps on enhancing the protocols. Everyday testing. uh, High-risk contact tracing and all this kind of stuff. We're going to shut the facilities down and go virtual for two days. And positive tests are still coming, folks, because that's just, look, that's, that's, it's a virus. It's going to continue to happen. 
So how are we watching these games? And like, how do you take any of this seriously right now? That's what I tweeted out from JMR Radio on Saturday, was just how do you take it seriously? And that didn't mean shut it down, because I'm not a proponent of that at all. If you've listened to me, you know that. I'm just saying, I don't care about, like, I care about the NFL stuff, but even that's starting to get kind of wonky. But college football is just, it's such a mess that it's taken me completely out of the enjoyment factor. I had a good time watching Notre Dame and North Carolina on Friday. I enjoyed that football game. But generally speaking, I'm just not sitting down making college football appointment viewing like I usually do. Because so many of these games, it's just like, is this going to be played? I host a, I host the Tennessee Volunteers pregame show in Nashville week in and week out. We've had two of those that have been canceled. Vanderbilt game was supposed to be yesterday. That got canceled. So the Vanderbilt could go play Missouri in a rescheduled situation because Arkansas had COVID problems. And Tennessee had another game moved, the A&M game, a few weeks back. Literally an hour before we go on air, I'm frantically looking around to make sure the game is still happening because if it's not, then we're not going to be on that day. I know it's a weird year. I know a lot of things are going on, but sports just feel so empty right now because it's the feeling that it just, that there's not an, uh, not a level playing field, that it's not even, that things are being handled unfairly, that it's a virus, so it's not necessarily anyone's fault all the time. The Raven situation looks like that was somebody's fault, but that doesn't mean it was Lamar Jackson's fault. It doesn't mean it was Mark Ingram's fault. It doesn't mean it was J.K. Dobbins' fault. It means it was a strength and conditioning coach's fault. And that's all it takes. It's a virus. It's not a DUI. That's been my argument the entire time. That's why I didn't understand why people tried to throw the book at the Tennessee Titans not knowing what they were talking about. That's why I thought Mike Florio needed to keep his mouth shut when he was talking about million-dollar fines and Vrabel and John Robinson, the general manager, being suspended for the year and losing a first-round draft pick that that's what he was hearing from a source. And that source turned out to be another AFC South personnel guy who probably had a little bit of a dog in that fight not to want things to go well for the Titans. And it wasn't even a sourced report. It was this guy suggesting that that would be a sensible punishment. Give me a break. Then he talked to a guy in the NFC in a similar job, and guess what the NFC guy said? Pretty much the exact opposite, that it would just be a little bit of a fine and then you move on. But all of this, like if you're a fan of these sports and we're watching, like the NFL, it works for me because I can just turn on red zone and I just, I can, I can deal with whatever I have to deal with. College football, it's, am I the only one or is it nearly impossible to get interested in what's going on? Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State would still be the four I assume are going to make it. Florida might be able to crash that party. They will crash the party if they beat Alabama in the SEC championship game. I think you can get two SEC teams that way. I think Clemson will beat Notre Dame, and I think if Clemson beats Notre Dame, Notre Dame might not make the college football playoff. Ohio State, they've got to actually play games. So that's going to be something we need to watch very closely over this next handful of days. 
they'd better get on the field a week from today. They'd better be out there on Saturday. I always get lost. It's I know it's Sunday morning, but it it's just a wall of time for me on Saturday, so I always forget that it's technically Sunday right now and the NFL kicks off in eight hours. But if you're watching college football right now, just explain to me how you're invested in it. You don't know if the games are going to be played. You don't know who's going to be available. You don't know how many guys are going to be available. You're not going to have any kind of home field advantage. There's no common opponents between conferences. It just feels I'd rather play a video game. And that's actually what I did on Saturday. On Saturday, instead of watching the afternoon games, because the Iron Bowl was going to be a laugher and it was very quickly, I played Spider-Man Miles Morales on my PS5 for about an hour and a half. That's what COVID has done to college football this year. And the way that all these conferences have tried to handle this and try to fix all these problems, everything else that's going on, that's what COVID has done. They forced me to my new toy. On a Saturday, even though I knew I was going to have to come in here and talk about sports. And it's just it's just ripped the enjoyment out of this college football season entirely for me. I believe I am not in the minority there. I just don't feel like the enthusiasm for college football even exists right now. And I could be crazy and I could be the only one and you guys might all be loving all these games. I just don't see it. And I definitely don't care about Tuesday night, the t- the made-for-television product that is the playoff rankings show. Already told you. Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. Unless Ohio State's unable to play this coming week, and then there's then that becomes its own problem. I mean, because of Matt Patricia... We didn't even mention Jim Harbaugh on this show. For the last two weeks, I've done like hours on Jim Harbaugh and a little bit on James Franklin. Well, Michigan lost to a winless Penn State team. Usually losing to Penn State is not going to be the worst. Pretty bad for Michigan on Saturday after they had found their quarterback a week ago. At least that's what you saw in the reports after it took them three overtimes to beat Rutgers. Okay, I guess I had to get a little bit of Jim Harbaugh slander in there. There was somebody that sent me a tweet saying they expect – Jim Harbaugh be the perfect guy to replace Matt Patricia in Detroit. Boy, oh boy, the optics on that, I can't even begin to tell you how terrible that would be. Yep, you failed at Michigan. The state is really sour on you right now. Yep, go coach the Lions. Especially when there was a jerk that was in that job, apparently, that all the players couldn't wait to pile on as soon as he left to talk about how disrespectful he was. So we're going to bring in a guy that, uh, did we forget that at the end at San Francisco, he wore on players and was, what's the, I think he was, some people were saying he might have been a jerk too, right? I don't think you go from one bad dude in terms of the way in which he dealt with people, at least. I shouldn't call him a bad dude. I've never met Matt Patricia. Might love the guy. I don't know. It didn't work out in Detroit. But I don't think you want to go from one, a break, here's the best way to put it. Bad dude's the wrong way to say it. I apologize. 
I don't think you want to go from one abrasive personality to another abrasive personality who has a higher profile because his name has a much higher Q rating. Detroit's got to be smarter than that, right? I mean, eventually they have to make a good decision in Detroit. Eventually that family has to make a good decision. It, It does have to happen. When we come back, we'll try to make some good decisions. We'll predict the games. We will not play the joke that will this game be played and what will happen to it. Uh, Maybe we'll play that about Baltimore and Pittsburgh. But before that, of course, we'll find out how we did last week and see where the standings are. It's always fun. Continue to tweet me whatever you have on your mind at Jmart Radio. We'll be right back on Fox Sports Radio. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome back. A little Nirvana for you. Incesticide. All right. We are in the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by Geico. I don't know if you own or rent your home, but either way, Geico is going to make it really simple to bundle your home and car insurance. Having a home is hard work. 
anything that can bring that stress level down is a good thing. I promise you that. So go to Geico.com. Get yourself a quote right now. See how much you can save. Geico.com. Easy. I'm on Twitter at Jmart Radio. A lot of good interaction this morning. A lot of you seem to be up, and I appreciate you uh, chiming in with your thoughts. I said the Harbaugh thing was just nonsense. Somebody said, yep, for all the reasons you just said he shouldn't be hired, they're going to hire that tool. <laughs> tool is the word that's not used as often as it needs to be. It always gets a laugh out of me. I'm not <laughs> I'm not sure why. I guess, I guess my maturity level isn't as high as I would like it to be. Anyway, there are going to be some football games played today. We now have a quarterback in Denver who last played at Wake Forest. He is a practice squad receiver, Kendall Hinton. He's going to suit up and start at quarterback for the Denver Broncos against the New Orleans Saints today. So I guess my hope of maybe us having Jameis Winston for the day isn't going to happen after all. Red Rover, Red Rover, send Jameis right over. I was really hoping Vaughn Miller would get get the start under center. Well, I saw Robert Mays of the, uh, the Athletics say, well, you know how this works in Denver. Whoever's the tallest guy there becomes quarterback. <laughs> I was even seeing some people saying, hey, what about John Elway? And I'm like, I I don't want to see John Elway get snapped in half. I'm sorry. I don't, I, I'm, look, Elway, as a Denver fan my whole life, Elway had maybe the greatest retirement ever. Walked off after a Super Bowl victory. I think the same thing will happen if if the Steelers were to win the Super Bowl this year. Roethlisberger's not coming back. I, I think that's true. Yeah, I think he will. He will pull that Elway, and I think Pouncey will probably go with him, and there will be the rebuild next year or or looking to the future. I'm not predicting the Steelers are going to win the Super Bowl, although they certainly have a shot. But absolutely believe if Roethlisberger wins, he would retire on the spot almost, or certainly. Within a few weeks, he would move on. There's no no better way to do it. All right. There is a method to our madness in the third hour of the Jason Martin Show every week, and that is predicting all the games. But how did we do last week, Chris? Uh, we need to put in the funeral music. This was not a good week for oh, no. anyone. Anyone in any regard. Uh, Brian Fenley with the only winning record at 8-7. and seven. I believe that's Finley's right. the that's only right. one with oh, a winning record. Yeah, he's the only one with a winning record at eight and seven. He had Pittsburgh, Houston, Cleveland. Uh, his tie didn't work out, so technically he's like eight and a half or eight seven and one. I don't know. That's right. No, we're no, an no. ascot, Finley. We're not. We're not going to use that. Um, anyway, avoid the tie. We're an ascot, Jason. You went six and nine. Mm, I don't want to hear uh, that. You were the only one, however, with New Orleans over Atlanta. We all fell into that trap. Uh, Fenley was dealing with Houston over New England. We all had Cincinnati that bombed. We all had Miami that bombed. We all had Minnesota that bombed. I was the only one taking Carolina over Detroit. I finished seven and eight. Uh, the big loser is our executive producer, yeah. Eric Roberts. Oh, no. They got too cute last week. Four <laughs> and 11. Woo! Yeah, I picked a couple upsets that his only didn't wins, pan out. His only wins coming with Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Tennessee, and the Rams. Four and 11. That is, I mean, you said funeral music. I feel like we missed an opportunity to play the Undertaker's music, seeing as how he retired. Yeah, I was I was looking in the system for taps, but I can't find <laughs> That might have been a little morbid. Yeah. Uh, well, like the Undertaker gif, may, is it gif or gif? Somebody tell me GIF. out there. In I, I, I'm going to say gif. I've been on the internet my whole life. I'm going to say gif. I, I think if you say gif, you're a cop. Okay, fair enough. I'm saying gift then. All right, let's get to it. Let's see if we can improve upon that. Uh, Eric Roberts, 4-11. and 11. Yeah. Yikes. You can only go up, right? Hopefully. Well, then you get to lead off like you're the first draft pick. 
Go ahead. The New York Jets of our crew. <laughs> Las Man. Vegas at Atlanta. I'm uh, Las Vegas. And I want to point out that I almost got the John Gruden coach him up upset over the Chiefs. That was one of my upset picks. Almost panned out. So I'm going to go with John Gruden and the Raiders again this week over the yes. Falcons. Yeah, so am I. The Falcons, look, there's going to be some jobs open. The Falcons have a 35-year-old Matt Ryan right now. Uh, I think the Raiders, obviously the Raiders have something to play for. Atlanta does not. I think the Raiders are a good team. We saw it again against the Chiefs. No reason to think the Falcons beat them. I don't love west to east, and I don't love it being the early kickoff, but I just think the Raiders are better. We've all been sitting around here kind of calling for this Atlanta upset kind of rising from the ashes a little bit of fire in them for a while it's just not there and the Raiders are making their mark and I think they're in a hunt for a surprisingly well-stacked uh AFC so yeah I'm gonna take the Raiders all right Chargers oh sorry Finley Finley yeah I'm going with the Raiders it sounds like Julio Jones probably will not play although there are some conflicted reports as to maybe he will try to suit up or not but yeah the Raiders for sure they got this one Chargers at Bills I'll start with Finley this time you're Chargers guy is that right Finley well I grew up in San Diego and ever since they fled my hometown I've been a little bit bitter towards the franchise Mm. but I sort of support them from afar yeah, I've got the Chargers here. The Bills are worthy of a loss. I know Eric Roberts is shaking his head in disbelief right now, but Herbert is the real deal, and the Bills oh, almost puked and lost to the Jets, and I'll never going forget back to that. that. Jets game, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it showed me some things. <laughs> it's, okay. late, it's late November in Buffalo. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills. I'll go last. I usually let um, Eric lead off of Buffalo – any Bills game, but because I kind of overlooked Finley and he was from San Diego, I thought I would let him slide in on that one. But uh, Eric, what do you got? Yeah, Bills Bills coming off a of bye week, west to east for the Chargers. Herbert, I don't know if he's ever seen below 50. It's going to be a cold one in Buffalo tomorrow. Buffalo over the Chargers. See, that's where I am. I love Herbert. I was going to do a topic here this morning, and maybe we'll do it next week. If you could have Burrow, Tua, or Herbert, which one would you want? And right now, it might be the latter. And I think that guy's a stud, and he's going to be around for a long time, and Chargers fans should be really excited for the future. I I looked at this and initially thought, hmm, Chargers are going to win. But no, west to east, the temperature change, and the Bills are good. So, yeah, I agree. I'm going Bills as well. Giants at Bengals. I'll go first this time. I got the Giants. I think there is a major just doldrums feeling right now in Cincy after what happened to Burrow. There's no... There's just, it's just a bad feeling. There's so if there's such a thing as a mental hangover or a mental loss, I feel like that's what you've seen in Cincinnati all week with their fans, with the team. The Giants play hard, and they're both bad. But take Burrow out, they weren't good with Burrow, and it wasn't his fault. But they're not all of a sudden going to get better without him. I'll take the Giants to go on the road and beat the Bengals. It's it's a gut punch. It's a mental gut yes. gut punch. I try saying I can't even say that again I I said metal guns or something and I might have to dump that uh no like that that just sucks for Cincinnati and I I really wonder what Burrow is going to be after that kind of injury but I'm going to take the Giants here winners of two in the two in a row and in the hunt for the NFC East title yes I just said that and yes it is true 
Yeah, I usually root for anything to make the NFC East look worse. But I, yeah, this is, I don't know how the, the Bengals can. Joe Burrow was kind of your life, life preserver as it was. And he was doing as best he can without him in the lineup. I don't know who's going to try to, who's going to pull through and win this game for the Bengals. It's going to be the Giants. Every time I think of Ryan Finley, I think of Brian Finley, but not even oh, Ryan no. Finley is going to be the one that could help this Bengals team. The Giants are on the up and up. Like Chris said, they've won two in a row. Joe Judge, not a human pinata. I mean, the guy's showing something. I've got the Saints, or the, the Giants. There, well, I would definitely have the Saints. If it was the <laughs> yeah, Saints. that's you. <laughs> Tennessee at Indy. I believe the winner of this game wins the AFC South. Houston's playing a little bit better because Deshaun Watson's incredible. Uh, Jacksonville's terrible. Indy and Tennessee are both good. They could both make the playoffs. I- I'm interested to know what they look like depending on how this goes. Indy's got five guys out in this game due to COVID and due to injuries. Their center, Ryan Kelly, is going to miss the game. Jonathan Taylor going to miss the game. He's on the reserve COVID list. You've got DeForest Buckner, who's an all-pro tackle. He was placed on the COVID list on Wednesday. Danico Autry, who has six sacks on the season, he's going to miss his second game due to being on the COVID reserve list. And they have an outside linebacker that's out with an ankle injury as well. So you've also got some guys that are questionable in special teams. I picked the Colts on Friday, and I'm not going to back off it. They own the Titans. They've won 20 of the last 24, I think, is the number against the Tennessee Titans. Could they split it? Sure they could. Rivers has a foot that's kind of a problem as well, but the Titans are banged up. They're banged up on the offensive line. Taylor Lewan's backup got hurt a week ago. He's done for the year. Jayon Brown, the linebacker, done for the year. Adoree Jackson still not playing. Chris Jackson put on the reserve COVID list. There's just too many things that are going against the Titans. Even if De- I think Derrick Henry should be able to run the ball. And all this stuff with Taylor getting added to the list and everything this week kind of makes me want to maybe flip this. But I'm going to stick by my guns. I need to see it from the Titans against the Colts. It just doesn't happen very often. It doesn't happen against Phillip Rivers throughout his career either. I, I still believe Indy's going to win this game, but wouldn't be surprised if it went the other way. It's so weird because I feel like I'm my mental association with the Colts is lagging a bit from the start of the season when I thought they weren't good, and then I just look up and they have a plus 68-point differential right now in their favor. Yep. They're scoring well. Phillip Rivers is getting them in places to win. They have a good defense. I know their center is out, Ryan Kelly. So. Yep. But other than that, it's it's full steam ahead, and I yeah, I – as much as I like picking good teams to split, because I think most divisional rivals do split, I think I, I'm going to take the Colts here. Yeah, it's one of those things you got to show me to, so I can believe it. And the Colts, you know, they like you said, they kind of handle the Titans. Um, they found kind of, I think, a good mix of just enough Phillip Rivers. I like Naheem Hines. Um, oh, yeah. Colts, again, they go 2-0 against Titans on the year. And probably win the AFC South because of it. I have the Colts in the Super Bowl. I think Philip Rivers. If there's anybody that deserves a Super Bowl, it is what Phil. If it's Philip Rivers for what that man had to deal with in that Chargers franchise, it's going to be the Colts, and they're going to take down the Titans. That whole pick is just you being a Chargers fan before they left San Diego and just being a Philip Rivers guy. I, I, how I many appreciate y- the grift. Family. How many years, Jason, were as Chargers fans, we were so close, even with Marty Schottenheimer, and we continue to wet the bed in the playoffs over and over again. 
Well, if there's anybody that stops short and that's his move, it's Marty Schottenheimer. I promise you that. Carolina at Minnesota. I saw that Thielen may not play in this game. We know McCaffrey's out again. I'll take the Vikings. Uh, You take McCaffrey out again. I I like Carolina, but going on the road, I don't love either team, but I'll take Minnesota. I'm still feeling this one out. Is uh, P.J. Walker still under center? Yeah, right. That's a good question. Mm. I don't even know. I, I I believe I haven't seen anything that says he isn't. So yeah, well I mean that wasn't a problem against the Lions, but I mean you know there's that. Um, it is the Lions. Yeah, I, I I I'm still not sold on Minnesota. I know they're kind of putting it back together, but it's a tough ask. I, I'll, I'll I'll take Minnesota, but I do not feel good about this. I'm gonna take the Panthers. I like what uh, Matt Rule's done. Uh, I think PJ Walker is actually he's actually a pretty good QB. I, I mean, not too many people out there are paying attention to those XFL games, but he lit up a couple games on it. I think he's playing for the Roughnecks yeah, hey, or if, something. So. Yeah, yeah, Houston Roughnecks. But, hey, if he can tear up the yeah. NFL and kind of vindicate in in depth story, the XFL, so. that's that's great. Panthers, Panthers sure. over Vikings. I think the Panthers are on a free a free fall. I had so much faith in them at the beginning mm, of the season. You have turned on them. I have turned the page. The injuries have compounded on themselves with Carolina. The Vikings making this late surge. I have to say, I have to say Minnesota. I'm changing my pick to Carolina now. <laughs> oh. All right, Finley, stick with me and then you lead off this one. Arizona at New England. Got to go with Arizona. Kyler Murray starting to figure out his ways deandre hopkins as well i just have no hope and any faith in the quarterback role or that position with new england this is cardinals going west to east to play in the early window you don't see the cardinals play early very often it's going to be cold in foxborough and i'm still taking the cardinals because i just think the new england experiment this year has come to a screeching halt and i do like arizona I feel like the short week is what made them look as kind of shaky as they did against Seattle. I don't think they'll have trouble. I just think Arizona's a better football team. I'll take the better football team. Yeah, I, I'm really – normally I would take New England in this spot, but I'm kind of spooked after what happened last week with the uh, against the Texans. Yes. And it kind of proves that if you've got a good quarterback, you can kind of do things to this New England squad. And guess what? They've got Kyler Murray with the hookup to DeAndre Hopkins. So I'm going to take – all the factors against them and the cold. The cold worries me a little. Probably the thing that worries me the most here. But, I mean, Kyler Murray's played on the road before. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take Arizona. Yeah, I'm going to take the Cardinals, too. I think uh, the D will give Cam Newton fits. And Kyler Murray is just a little too dynamic for me to even think about the Patriots. All right, Fenley, what's going on? Let's get one more update on the latest before we get back to the schedule. You got it, Jason. Let's weave you through some of these marquee college football games on Saturday. Number one, Alabama feeding on 22nd-ranked Auburn, 42-13. Mac Jones, five touchdowns, including two long balls for scores to Devontae Smith. Third-ranked Clemson, deep fries, Pittsburgh, 52-17. Trevor Lawrence tosses for north of 400 yards, along with two scores. Number five, Texas. Texas A&M treading past LSU 20-7. The Aggies playing their first game since November 7th because of a coronavirus outbreak. Michigan State tunes out number 8 Northwestern 29-20. The Wildcats were 13-point underdogs. Ninth-ranked Georgia Ponies up 332 yards rushing and floods South Carolina 45-16. Sarah Fuller handles a kickoff for Vanderbilt in their 41-0 loss to Missouri, becoming the first female to play in a Power 5 conference football game 
Fuller afterwards discussing the message she hopes this feat sends to others. I just want to tell like all the girls out there that you can do anything you set your mind to. Like You really can. And if you have that mentality all the way through, you can do big things. On the NFL front, the Broncos are going to hope big things come out of Kendall Hinton. Will start, he will, at quarterback as that game against the Saints is on as of now. A wide receiver off the practice squad who played quarterback at Wake Forest. All of Denver's original QBs are out for COVID-19 related reasons. The Detroit Lions punting head coach Matt Patricia and general manager Bob Quinn out of the team building. Also going on in the NFL, Santa Clara County, California politicians have in essence forced the 49ers to be temporarily homeless, instituting a measure forbidding professional sports from taking place for a three-week stretch in December due to rising coronavirus cases. Bengals running back Giovanni Bernard has a strong shot of playing today coming off a concussion, that according to NFL Network. And finally, Falcons wide receiver Julio Jones does not figure to be part of the equation today against the Raiders. Let's get back to Jason Martin. We're in the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by GEICO. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. The website's GEICO.com. The phone number is 800-947-AUTO. You make the decision. That's the only hard part. Just which way is easier. Both will work. All right, back to the schedule. Miami at the Jets. Man, it's like an eliminator pick. Who's going to take the Jets in what week? I almost got there. Like two minutes ago, I was switching over and going there. The the Tua thing, that was that was a little baffling last week. I know he had gotten hit, and they were trying to get him out of that game. But at the same time, I don't know if you can do that if you're Brian Flores. I think Tua is strong enough to handle it from a mental standpoint. But Fitzpatrick's going to play. Tua's got a banged-up thumb. <sighs> I can't do it. I'll take the Dolphins. Yeah, I'm taking the Dolphins. Same. I've talked myself out of uh, trying to be sexy with the Jets' upset picks for the rest of the season. Guys, I might not be sexy in real life, but I'm going to go sexy with this pick. I've got the Jets winning. Adam Gase, you might have heard a couple days ago. (laughs) Adam Gase, a couple days ago, he said, this is the team we were supposed to have because all of their star wide receivers are back. You've also got your quarterback in Darnold returning. Sets up for a Jet win, the first baby of the season. Stop it. Uh, Get some help. (laughs) Seriously. Michael Jordan is right. Get some help. How about this? Most 2020 thing ever. It's like all these coaches now starting to get fired. Now Gase goes and wins a game. That's what Finley is predicting. Browns at Jaguars. Minshew is questionable. Jacksonville's bad. Their two leading receivers aren't going to play in this game. Give me the Browns by a million in this game. I actually think Jacksonville would play them better if they were on the road. But I, I like the Browns. Cleveland right now is in the playoffs, and Baltimore is not. Yes. Cleveland is good. Cleveland is good. Cleveland is good. Take the Browns. Yes. Yep, Cleveland, guys. Yeah, yeah I can't be a contrarian in this case. Cleveland, for sure. The Jaguars, if they're playing in the XFL, might be 500 right now. Just to put this on your radar, if the Titans are able to beat the Colts and Cleveland beats Jacksonville, let's just say uh, – Cleveland at Tennessee next Sunday is going to be a pretty good football game. But then it on might Sunday be flexed night football. Into, well, it's there the, right now. It's being, or it may have already been discussed. I know they were talking days ago about moving it into that primetime window. They might. That'd be two eight and three teams. New Orleans at Denver. Man, Kendall Hinton, three year starter, Wake Forest to quarterback, practice squad wide receiver is going to play quarterback for the Broncos. 
Taysom Hill, you heard me say last week, even though I'm not a fan of Taysom Hill and the way he's been employed, I also said it was going to work last week. It's going to work again, even in the cold in Denver. Hey, look, Taysom Hill played at BYU. He knows what it's like to play in the mountains. I got the Saints easily. Yeah, as much as I, as much as we we like Wake Forest, Wake is great. No, uh, New Orleans. Yes. Yep, New Orleans, guys. I can't wait for the. Are there any QBs on the field? Even though there's Taysom Hill on the field, jokes tomorrow. They'll be. Great. Yeah, I thought about it. I almost dropped one on Twitter, and I'm like, eh, you know what? I think I might be better than that. Fun fact: Wake Forest was my first school I wanted to go to. They denied me out of high school, so I'm going with the team that is not going to have a Wake Forest quarterback at the helm, the Saints. Man, we got good ones here to get to. Let's get to the break now. We'll come back and we'll knock out these other five games. Some some heavy hitters on the way. Don't go anywhere. Jason Martin Show finishing up on Fox Sports Radio. The Lions left Matt Patricia far behind, but he left that franchise far behind as well. Very, very far behind. Thought I would drop that. We're going to bookend this show with Detroit Lions talk. Just as it, just as it always is. There you go. Jason Martin Show finishing up here as November's nearly at a close as well. I'm on Twitter at JMart Radio. Fox Football Sunday coming up with Andy Furman, Brian No. Hey, I know those guys. I like those guys. Enjoy that for the next three hours. All right, we got some games to get to. San Francisco at Los Angeles. Good thing it's not at San Francisco because it wouldn't be anyway. Niners, I think, might get Raheem Mostert back. My fantasy team needs it. I think the Rams are the best team in the NFC. I felt that way before, actually, they played Tampa Bay. But after Tampa Bay, I feel it even more. They've got Ramsey on the back end. they got Aaron Donald on the front end. I think Goff is playing excellent football right now. McVay is really, really dealing. I don't think they're going to get derailed. I like the Rams. I like the Rams here, too. Everything you just said, plus, like, I mean, they, they've, they've proven you in those big games that mm-hmm. they can win them. They're right there. They're going to go to the playoffs. So, yeah, give me the Rams. Right. You, you always talk about teams peaking at the right time, and it feels like they're getting their momentum going and they're getting firing on all cylinders at the right moment in the season. For once, I agree with Eric. The Rams <laughs> are performing at their highest right now. And while the 49ers are expected to have Debo Samuel back, that's not enough to sway me. I think in the last six weeks, no one has scored less than 20 points Against the Bucks, I think there's only one team that has failed to do that against Tampa Bay. Here is Chiefs at Bucks. All the talk this week about Brady and Arians. That has not been going well. Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. So really, you should take Tampa Bay here, right? It's in their building. It's Brady coming off a loss. There's still a ton of talent there. You won't get me to do it, though. Not against Patrick Mahomes. P- picking against him just doesn't make any sense to me. I think Kansas City wins this game, and the talk gets even louder about what's wrong in Tampa Bay. The talk was going to get louder about Tampa Bay. It shouldn't be because of this game, because no. all these reasons here. Patrick Mahomes, especially we're getting to this time of the year, too, where he doesn't slow down. He still beats your defenses. He still eats your lunch. Give me the Chiefs. Right, you watch that game-winning drive by Mahomes and the Chiefs against the Raiders, and it just seems like they're imposing their will on guys, so Chiefs and Mahomes. I'm going opposite of you guys. I'm going with the Buccaneers. This is as close to a must-win as can be. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's one of those games where it just seems so obvious that the one team is going to win, like in the Chiefs, and then it just completely goes the other way. So that's why I'm picking Tampa. Here's what Jeff Schwartz told me about Kansas City. He goes, they are to the point where, and if you've watched the Raiders game on Sunday, you know this, 
that you've got to be up by nine points against them with two minutes left or you're going to lose. That's how it's become with the Chiefs. I just don't see it, it with Tampa it's Bay. It's like when uh, Tom Brady it used to be, oh, you gave him too much time. It's that with Mahomes yes, now. Yes, absolutely. Chicago at Green Bay. I think Trubisky's back. Who gives a crap? Green Bay's got to be ticked off. <laughs> blew a 14-point blew a lead a week ago in Indianapolis against a good Colts team. They're going to be mad. It's in the... It's in Green Bay at night. I got Aaron Rodgers going pretty wild in this game, but Chicago, if nothing else, won't be able to score. I'll take the Packers all day. There's nothing left for me except NFC North schadenfreude and seeing Mitch Trubisky come back just to get his butt handed to him. Give me Green Bay. Everything's right in the world. Rodgers over the Bears. Don't underestimate Mitch Trubisky. He's got nothing got to oh, lose. I'm going to underestimate He has got nothing to lose. He will do everything he can to win. And I've had my doubts recently of Green Bay. I'm going with the upset here. Give me the Bears. All right. I got Seattle over Philly. Anybody want to make that terrible nope. decision to pick the Absolutely Eagles? Absolutely not. No, sir. I'll pick the Jets <laughs> over the Eagles, I think, right now. That's how bad that is. All right. Tuesday. Baltimore at Pittsburgh, we think. Asterisk. Yeah, I, heck if I know, but I'll take the Steelers. I was going to take them before all of this shenanigans went down with all the COVID tests and everything. I'll definitely take them now. I think Pittsburgh wins it, stays undefeated. Yeah, no question here. It is Pittsburgh. Any any accolades to Baltimore just because they're coasting on it now. They're not a good team. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Yep, Steelers undefeated. Steelers all the way. Baltimore is struggling right now. Yeah, Baltimore is struggling. Luckily, they're not going to have to struggle after this because they go Dallas, Cleveland will be tough, Jacksonville, the Giants, and Cincy to end their season. Give me that Cleveland game. Ooh, that could be spicy. It could be, but I still think they might finish 11-5, and five, definitely 10-6. and six. Enjoy the football. Stick with us on FSR, most of these stations. Fox NFL Sunday coming up next here. We'll see you next week. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.
If you're ready for an epic family vacation, there's no better place than sunny Orlando. Exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, outdoor adventures, and Florida's natural springs, and so much more. Orlando has it all. And Visit Orlando's vacation planners can help you plan the perfect trip. In Orlando, anything is possible, if you can imagine it. And that's what makes Orlando unbelievably real. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com.